Welcome to episode 13 of Armchair Donkeys. Sorry to have missed you over the holiday due to some scheduling conflicts, but considering the sponsorship money isn't pouring in just yet, and we've been giving our picks away for free, we're not turning a profit on this thing yet, aside from the absolute heater that Bob and I have been on at the Sportsbook this season. We've got another great guest on the show this week for a very special college football bowl edition. Bobby's cousin, Matt Pittman, out of Waxahachie, Texas, just outside of Dallas, is arguably the barbecue goat in the great state of Texas, winning barbecue competitions all over the state. He has created some of the best barbecue rubs in the world under the brand name Meat Church, which has accumulated over a half a million followers on the gram. Now, it's my understanding that you've been dubbed the tailgate king at Dallas Cowboy Games, so I got to ask you this. My favorite barbecue is tri-tip. If I hired Meat Church to cater my tailgate party, how are we cooking that tri-tip, and what kind of sides are we working with, Matt? Okay, solid on the tri-tip. I give you respect for that. Um, so tri-tip from the bottom sirloin, uh, triangular piece of meat that I season with our holy cow rub, which is simply salt, pepper, garlic. Uh, and you know, treat it like a steak basically. Um, although on our YouTube channel this year, we put out a video making a tri tip like a brisket, a little bit different, but I like it to tr the traditional way in California, cooked over a red oak fire. Um, I kind of like a reverse sear too. I wouldn't be mad if we smoked it and then we seared it at the end to get that nice crust on it, the good smoky flavor in it. No more than medium rare. Um, I'm a huge fan of the tri tip, and always with a dry rub. Yeah, always with a dry rub. I'll make chimichurri on the side. You know, we don't do sauce in Texas or anything like that. But, yeah, rubs are what we're known for. But I like to that, – that piece of meat is awesome. And so I just want to season it to highlight the meat so you can really taste the flavor of that good meat. Uh, cook it like it's meant to be cooked. Not do, not do anything too crazy to it. I love it. I got to give my dad that uh, little tip because he's always <laughs> been a Yoshida's guy when he makes the tri-tip. Uh, now, it's also my understanding that you're – your barbecue skills were fostered by your grandma, June, from Alabama. Are you going to the Cotton Bowl on Friday? So she – I'm actually self-taught barbecue. She taught me to cook, but it was very southern, you know, fried chicken, mashed potatoes, green beans, yada, yada. Um, but then when I got into barbecue, I kind of did that on my own. But everything that I do is kind of in her style. Um, so crazy enough, clearly – I'm not in Waxahachie today. The, the the game is 30 minutes, 40 minutes from my house. But as luck would have it, we're in Florida uh, at the beach house with the family until the third. She told me I could fly back, but that's a trap that I know better. Uh, I've been down this road. And the minute I take my ass to the airport, I might as well not come back. So I think I'm just going to stay right here. Uh, I, got a, I got a buddy coming down from Georgia that's a big-time outdoor cook. He's a huge – Georgia fan. Um, he actually hosted me when uh, Alabama played Georgia in the Tua second 26 game. Uh, he's still crying from that game. So he'll be here on New Year's Eve and we're going to watch the games together from Florida. Oh, that'll be awesome. Well, you know what? Let's let's kick this thing off in Dallas. Uh, bummer that you're not going to be there, but your Alabama Crimson are a 13 and a half point favorite in the Cotton Bowl against the Cincinnati Pear Bearcats. The over-under in this game is 57-and-a-half. What are you seeing in this game, Matt? I think this game is really interesting. Uh, I say up front, I usually don't bet with my heart. I know this is a, a betting show, so we'll talk about what we would do. 
I think it's interesting because the scheme that Cincinnati runs, 3-3-5, really unique. Bama's seen it twice this year. Um, they're without their top receiver in Mechie. Well, one of their top two receivers uh, in Mechie. So they're going to have to go to a true freshman to replace him. The third leading receiver on the team's got like – Bolden's got like 16 catches. And a true freshman that will replace Mechie has like six, although he had a huge catch in the Auburn game um, in overtime to, to win that one. I feel like it's going to test Alabama. Um, I don't think Cincinnati has as much talent, but I think it's going to be close for a while. Uh, with that said, you know, Alabama's been here before, and they're here to win. Like, Cincinnati's in town, and they went to the Cowboys game the other day. Alabama's not in town to go to Six Flags and Cowboys games. They're there to get to the championship. I think they have too much talent top to bottom, so I think I think it'll be close early. Um, but I, you know, and I know Cincinnati's known for their D and especially in the secondary. Um, but I just don't think they're going to be able to match up over the entire game. Yeah, baby. <laughs> roll tide. Roll tide. I got to go Alabama in this one. And you think they'll cover that 13 and a half? I think it's going to be super close. Like this is honestly of all the things we're going to talk about today. This has truly been the hardest for me. Um, you know, would I go put my huge money on 13 and a half? Man, I, I feel like it's going to be closer to 10. However, we're going to go all the way. I'm, let me, let me, I'm going to give you guys some, some really unique commentary today. I was in a bar just a little bit ago with, with your cousin, Bobby, and we were having margaritas. <laughs> and I walked out, and there was a man there, and an older gentleman in a Cincinnati Bearcat sat at the bar. And I reached over and bought his margarita. And he said, well, thank you. What's that for? And I said, it's probably going to be the only good thing that happened to you this week. He said, why is that? And I said, I said, roll tide, and I walked out the bar. So <laughs> oh, that, hey, you guys keep it classy in the South. I like that. <laughs> well, he got a free drink out of it. I mean. Yeah. Bob, what are you thinking on this game? You know, guys, I am not scared of 13 and a half. Um, I am not sold on Cincinnati. They have not played anybody. When they have played somebody that was any good, they've struggled. And I think that there is a small part of – I don't think Nick Saban's going to be a dick and blow him out. But I think there's a small part of him with all this time to prepare that he's going to send a message that this team probably doesn't belong in the playoff and teams that you know don't play in these power five you – know, I mean, whatever, in these major conferences that play a tough schedule week in and week out. I think Alabama's too good. I don't, I think, I don't think Cincinnati's ready for the moment. I don't think they're prepared to play a team with as much talent. You know, like Alabama's third guy could probably walk into Cincinnati right now and start. Um, so I, I, I would, I'm going to wait just to see if if the if it moves at all. But 13 and a half right now, I'm not I'm not afraid of. I think they win by two two scores easily in this football game. I'm with you, Bob. Uh, Cincinnati's best win this season is against Notre Dame. They haven't played anybody other than that. The strength of schedule is 78th in the country. Uh, they beat Navy, I think, by a touchdown, who uh, looked good against Army but only won four games all season. I think this will be their first real test. And I know, Matt, you, you, you said you thought it might be close early. I think that this one could get away from them uh, early right out of the shoot. Uh, Saban's been there time and time again. Uh, I probably won't. I hate laying 13 and a half, so I won't do that. I'll, I'll look to try and find something to to knock seven points off that with in a two-team teaser uh, with one of these other games we're, we're about to talk about. All right, Bob, now let's hit the other playoff game. Take us to the Orange Bowl in Miami. 
where the Georgia Bulldogs are a seven and a half point favorite over the Michigan Wolverines. The over under in this game is 45 points. Yeah. Um, you know, right now, again, uh, I hate to just be on this SEC bandwagon, but I'm not scared of this spread in Georgia. Um, I don't think Michigan has seen a defense anything like what they're going to see against this Georgia football team. And they're not just – Michigan's not this high power. We're going to go – we can put 50 points on you. They're, that's not who they are. So um, I think Georgia responds pretty well from from the, the loss in the SEC championship game to – I mean, to get a, a boring rematch of a national championship of, of the same game again. Um, but again, I, I, you know, waiting to see if this line moves at all. But I just think with uh, the defense Georgia has, the SEC is a different – those two – Georgia and Alabama and the SEC are way different than anything else that's going on in the Big Ten right now, in my opinion. Um, so I think with, with time to prepare, the time to think about the loss against Alabama – they're going to come out firing, and I just don't see how Michigan can put up enough points, honestly, to keep it within seven and a half. Matt? I have to agree, and this is not the – I'm going to say this is also not the SEC homer bandwagon, but I think if you take away the SEC championship uh, and you have Georgia's you know, perfect season, we're not even – this isn't even a discussion. People think this game's going to be 100 to zero, but only because Alabama you know, flipped that game on them are we even having to think about it. But I think about the styles of play, you know, what Alabama did against Georgia is they went tempo and they threw the ball a lot and they and they tired that D out. And that's not what Michigan does. Michigan's going to ground and pound and that's going to play into the hands of Georgia, which has a solid front seven. Um, I, their secondary is their question. Unless Georgia comes out and does, I mean, unless Michigan comes out and does something completely different, which I don't expect, um, I think Georgia's ready. And I think losing the SEC, SEC championship helped them right now. They've, they realize they're not world world beaters. They've got a chip on their shoulder. Um, they can't. They could have lost the SEC championship. It didn't matter. They were getting in. Well, they can't lose this game, uh, and so I think they're ready to roll. I'm definitely not scared of this line whatsoever. Um, I've got some friends that like Michigan. I don't at all. This is probably my most confident pick in taking Georgia with this one. And I'm with you, Bobby. I don't really want to see that rematch. I I hate to say it, but um, I mean it is what it is. But I'm I'm going Georgia. I'm with you guys. I think that it's going to be by far uh, Michigan's biggest test. Uh, they they got to run the ball to have a chance in this game. That, that front seven is the strength of Georgia's defense. Something's got to break there. Uh, this could be one of those games, though, that we got to give a little bit of credit to Michigan's defense as well. This could be one of those defensive stalemates for four quarters uh, with a big defensive turnover or a play on special teams being the difference in this one. Uh, I think that Michigan is – nobody's talking about their defense. Everyone's talking about Georgia's defense. And uh, Har Harbaugh's a good coach. Uh, I, I think he's a great coach. He turned Stanford's football team around. Those guys are going to be up for this game. This is that one game where if we wake up on uh, January 1st, I wouldn't be shocked if Mi Michigan found a way to get it done. Uh, I'm not – the SEC hasn't been doing well in bowl games so far this year. Uh, they are the, the most touted conference out there, obviously. But um, the Big Ten always usually finds a way to compete in, in the playoff. And I'm excited for this game. I think it's going to be a good game. If I play it, I'd probably – I like teasing this one with the Alabama game, taking Alabama, buying a point, taking Alabama to six and a half, and uh, taking Georgia – 
to minus a half, although I really think that it could go up either way. And if I was going to play the game straight up, I'd probably take the seven and a half points. Let's take it to Pasadena, uh, a game that I'm looking forward to watching. Utah is getting four and a half points against the Ohio State Buckeyes. The over-under in this game is 64 and a half. You know, one has to figure that Ohio State's chomping at the bit to get back on the field after losing their last game to the Wolverines. But I think there's some problems with Ryan Day in this program, and the cracks are beginning to show a little bit. Their top two wide receivers have opted out of the Rose Bowl. The Rose Bowl is the granddaddy of them all. They've opted out to avoid injury prior to the NFL draft. They also have uh, five players who've entered the transfer portal, two of them leaving for Texas. Uh, This is the first year that Ohio State has been affected by the transfer portal. And when guys start to leave, it's just it's not a good sign for a program. Let's also talk about how this Ohio State team lost to an Oregon team that Utah absolutely pasted twice. I really like this Utah team. They play a similar brand of football to Michigan. They also had a teammate who was shot and killed during the season. They're playing for something so much bigger than themselves. In my opinion, the only reason they are underdogs in this game is because the Ohio State brand name is so much stronger than, than the Utah brand name. And the line, it opened at eight, at eight points. It's already moved to four and a half. I like Utah plus four and a half in this game. And I like them on the money line to win out, right? Uh, do you guys have any thoughts here? You know, I think you bring up some pretty good points about the Ohio State team and their program and what's going on. And, you know, I don't think it's crazy to argue, you know, down the stretch of this deal, Utah was one of the hottest teams in college football. You know, they just had some losses earlier in the year where they weren't in the hunt. But, uh, I mean, they're they're big, they're physical, they play hard, they're going to wear you down. And, you know, I, I I like where your head's at. I mean, I, I, I think taking the points in Utah is a pretty good bet here just because of – you know, the Ohio State, the, the turbulence that's going on there. But, again, like, you know, think about – I mean, Utah has all those Samoans, and they're men, and they're grown, and they're big and physical. I think they're – you know, 25, some of them. Yeah, I mean, Ohio State's going to see a team like they haven't seen yet this year. So, I think, it, I think it'll be close for sure. I actually agree with a lot of what both of you guys have said. Um, the one thing I wanted to add is now we're talking about bowl games that are outside of the playoffs, and – I uh, personally, I hate what's going on with with the bowl games now. Like when I was a kid, I loved watching all bowl games. Now they're meaningless if they're not playoff games and I can't stand it. And you never know what you're going to get. I would think that the Rose Bowl would be an exception to that. But the fact that four players from Ohio State have opted out of this game, like speaks volumes to me. Um, And look, Utah State's fired up, you know, um, Utah's fired up. So we, you know, I, I, I actually like, um, I like Ohio to lose outright, Ohio State to lose outright. So um, points aside, so points are just gravy for this. I'm with you on that. Uh, I, I, this Utah team, man, they, they just, they fly around. Every single guy is selling out. When you lose somebody in your program during the season, and, and you look at that Utah team, they, they lost early to San Diego State. Um, they somehow they dropped one to Oregon State, but uh, I'm not exactly sure when they lost that defensive bat. But that just it gives you something to play for than that that is more than just the game. When we watched that Pac-12 title game, I think they lost two kids actually, or maybe it was just one. But they had the mother on the sideline before the game, and uh, I was on Oregon. 
for the second time against Utah, <laughs> thinking there's no way they beat him twice. As soon as I saw the mother of that kid on the field, I knew that I was, it was over. Uh, it was done. I, I had gone the wrong way on that game. I got a lot of friends in Salt Lake that have they've been going to these games lately and sending me pictures and stuff. And I kind of laughed at first. I'm like, that's not real football. And then when I see what they do to Oregon, everybody else, I mean, they, they've, uh, they've bought me in late in the season. Yeah, they're, they're, a, they're a really good football team. And like Bobby said, they're, they're about as hot as any team in the country right now. All right, Matt, let's take it back to Dallas, where your Dallas Cowboys are a five-and-a-half-point favorite at home against the Arizona Cardinals. The over-under in this game is 51-and-a-half points. Yeah, let's stick with the homer picks here and talk, <laughs> and talk Cowboys for a minute. Um, which, by the way, so being on this trip, I've missed two Cowboys games and an Alabama game within a week. So it's probably a record. And it doesn't look uh, like it's sunny right now. Yeah, no, the sun's going down in fairness, but today it did rain. But, yeah, it's been good all week. But anyway, yeah, and my nine-year-old uh, realized that I gave my Cowboys tickets to Ray last week. Once he realized the game was at home, I got in trouble that we were in Florida and not in Dallas. But um, anyway. It's a big I mean, game. Cowboys, it's a huge game that, you know, everybody's vying for that number one seed, or at least, you know, the Cowboys and the Packers are. So they definitely need to win the game. Um, they're very hot at the moment. Um, you know, I don't think they're locked to win the Super Bowl necessarily at this time because the thing that bothers me about the Cowboys, I'm excited and unfortunately I'm bought in. Of all the years, this is my 21st year of season tickets after five years of being a water boy for the cheerleaders. Like, I'm all in. But we always are all in, and they always rip our hearts out at the end ever since 1995. So it never ends well. So hopefully it's different. But um, the thing that bothers me, this defense is opportunistic, which I like. Uh, everyone's all in this digs train, but the guy's given up like 900 yards the most in the NFL, but he's got 11, 12 picks. So it's okay. So you never know, but the Cardinals are a mess right now. And I didn't, I was shocked. They got to be as good as people thought they were in such short order with Kingsbury and old short Kyler Murray. So, I, you know, I wasn't sold on them when they were hot and I'm not sold on them. Now they're in disarray. Cowboys are at home. I, I think, I think it's Cowboys all the way with the points on this one for sure. Yeah, I don't disagree with that. I mean, I you know, more to the fact that the Cardinals are str- – It's they're, you're going in different directions right now. You know, the Cardinals are struggling. The Cowboys are hot. They're home in Dallas. Um, again, yeah, I agree with Matt. I like the Cowboys and, and giving up those points. Yeah, the, the Arizona team, they, DeAndre, I mean, you got DeAndre Hopkins out, J.J. Yeah. Uh, Watt out. They, they took – the two captains off the Houston Texans. Both those guys are gone now. They didn't have James Conner last week. That was a big loss for them. Uh, you know, we always say, though, that the NFL has a sneaky way of evening itself out. And I think that this game could be one of those games. You know, I think it's too early in the week to call. But if, if Conner is back in action, I think that this could be the week that that AZ and, um, and Kyler – uh, do get back on track. Although I will say that the, the one, the lull that the Cowboys had in the middle of the season, uh, CD lamb and Amari Cooper were missing a handful of games. I think uh, one of them had COVID and the other one was injured, but there was a couple of games and, and, and those two guys are absolute weapons. I would put them both in the top 10 um, of the best wide receivers in the league. And when, when they're on opposite sides of the field, and when you've got both those those running backs rolling uh, and and the defense, like you said, they're opportunistic. They make plays. I think you guys got a, 
a real good shot. The question is, can a, can Dak take down an Aaron Rodgers or a Tom Brady, um, or, or even a even a Matthew Stafford and that high powered offensive attack? Can he hang with those guys to get them to that NFC Championship game, to get them to that Super Bowl? And he's going to need to he's going to need to make that leap in order for you to say, hey. We're not just Michael Irvin and Deion Sanders and Troy Aikman anymore. You know what I mean? We, we've got a ring outside of those guys. And it's going to have to be Dak that takes his game up one extra level to be able to take down one of those top-tier quarterbacks in this league. I think the answer to your question, Bo, is who gets home field advantage? I think he's if that's in Lambeau or if that's at SoFi, yep. I think it's a totally different conversation than if it's if they somehow find a way to get, you know, home field and get to play those games in Dallas. Yeah. All right, Bob, let's take it to Cincinnati where the Bengals are getting five points at home against the Chiefs. The over under in this game is 50 and a half. Yeah, you know, the, the Chiefs have been an interesting team all year, kind of up and down, not as high-powered offensively as we thought they would be or what we're used to, I guess, or Mahomes not throwing up crazy numbers like we're used to. Um, you know, but I think they're they're peaking at the right time and they're getting hot at the right time, and, and it's all starting to come together at the right time. Um, you know, I think they'll have uh, – Kelsey will be a big part of the game uh, this weekend, and – and not that Cincinnati's not a good team and, and not that Joe Burrow's not a good young quarterback, but there's just some inconsistencies there. So um, right now, you know, I like the Chiefs going on the road, even giving up these points. I just think they're, they got it rolling at the right time and, and they're trending in the right direction and they're hot. And I just don't see how that's going to stop because they, I feel like they finally figured it out. Matt? I have to agree. Um, much to my not wanting to, I'll, I'll give you a little story. I went to Patrick Mahomes' house in Texas last year to deliver a grill to him. And uh, at the time, Sam was eight. He was to meet Patrick Mahomes, and he big-timed me. So uh, I wish nothing but ill will against uh, Patrick Mahomes and his bro- his sideshow brother. Right yeah, now. That, kid, With, that kid is an idiot. God. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I think, I mean, they're on the road, outdoor stadium, just like they play in the road. I, I I don't think that's enough that they won't win by at least a touchdown. I think Burroughs has a great future in the NFL. Too young to think, can they go beat the Chiefs? I don't think so. I uh, I like the Chiefs um, in this one. Yeah, I think this should be a great game. Again, I think it's way too early in the week to bet any of these games until we see yeah. uh, how, the, how the COVID protocols shape up because, I mean, tomorrow – there could be an outbreak on a team and they lose three or four of their guys. Anybody that's firing money on games this early is just a complete degenerate. Uh, So (laughs) to to any of you donkeys out there that just need to feel the action again, right after you lose, it's a recipe for disaster in the current climate of what's going on in the college football world. Wait until right before kick. So you can see, where the cards lie before you go wasting your money on anything. Exactly. All right. Uh, close us out, Bob. Your guy, A-Rod, is a six-and-a-half-point favorite at home against the Minnesota Vikings. The over-under in this game is 47-and-a-half points. 
I don't know what you want me to say. He's the MVP. He's at home at Lambeau. Minnesota finds a way to lose all the time. Um, I, I think he's playing some of the best football he's ever played as an Aaron, Aaron, Aaron Rodgers. Their defense is solid. They got a great running game. They got great receivers. I mean, I just I think they're the they're the hottest team in football right now. And I just I don't see how the, the Vikings stand a chance to keep this within a touchdown. Um, so if you know, barring some crazy developments about, you know, what we've talked about in regards to COVID, I think that I think this is a blowout in Green Bay. Matt, any thoughts here? Yeah, I want to stick with the theme of completely irrelevant comments. Um, <laughs> and uh, I once went to a Green Bay, Minnesota game in Lambeau, and I sat next to a nun. Uh, I'll never next forget to it. a nun? Was she next dressed? Next to a nun. Full-blown dressed like a nun. Well, how else would I have known she was a nun? Of course she was. I was in as much shock as you are right now. Was it, it Halloween? It, it was wasn't Halloween. Asshole. It was in December. Oh yeah, <laughs> very cold. The guy to my left said she's had tickets for you know eight million years or whatever. Uh, it yeah. was the Favre era, but um, the interesting rivalry, by the way, like you know big time rivalry. But I remember, I'll never forget. I went to the restroom and and both teams are you know the fans are talking to each other and I'm like wishing each other well. And I'm like, this doesn't happen in Texas, you know. You're like peeing on the guy's sandals or something. <laughs> um, but it it was one of the most memorable games ever. But uh, I mean, Bobby said it all. This team's rolling. They're just, they're a complete team. They're at home. Uh, I can't figure out what the deal with Minnesota is. So there's no way you would. I love when when you said which games you wanted to pick. I'm like, I love this game. And look, I mean, the Packers are trying to lock up, you know, the number one seed, not have to yeah. play in this new world of getting only one team getting a bye. They need to win this game, uh, you know, to keep Dallas at bay. So I like uh, I like the Packers. Uh, I, I I will say this. Mike Zimmer draws up the best blitz packages of any coach in the NFL, I think. When, when he puts all those guys and linebackers and safeties on the line of scrimmage, that's the one blitz package he always does. And then you, you don't know who's going to drop, and it confu- can confuse those guys up front. Rodgers is hobbled with a picky toe injury. Um, I don't think this is a good week for that. Anthony Barr is his nemesis in this league, having broken Rodgers' collarbone in 2017. He's going to be chomping at the bit to get some shots on his rival. Uh, Minnesota is also fighting for a playoff spot. My gut's lean in Vikings plus six, six and a half. I'd probably buy that or tease it to 13 and a half. I think that this game will be close. Do I think the Packers will probably win? Yeah, would I be surprised if Minnesota won and and Green Bay dropped one before the playoffs? No, uh, and for that reason, that's why I like. Uh, I hate laying anything close to a touchdown ever, uh, just because if the other team scores first, now you're down by two scores, and it's just an anxiety-driven first half, <laughs> hoping that they can make a comeback. <laughs> Oh, Dude, so, the, Vi- yeah. the, Viking, the Vikings find a way to lose and give up games. And that's true. And they have so much talent. They have such a good football team. But yeah. it's it's really you gotta chalk that up to complacency when you get a big lead and you just kind of go through the motions. You're like, oh, this one's over. There's some teams that step on the neck when they get a lead. Tom Brady's one of those quarterbacks that when he gets off to a 10-point lead, 
he just steps on your neck and, and squeezes the life out of you. And then there's other teams like the Vikings that, you know, always find a way to let teams back into it. So uh, I, I hear you on that. Well, you know, that's all the time we have for, for you guys today. Matt, uh, thanks for joining us. I'm a big fan of Dallas. So I'm thinking that Bob and I need to get down there next year for a golf trip. Maybe we uh, we catch the Red River shootout in a Cowboys game uh, during the same weekend, and, and we do a, a special live episode from Meat Church tailgate party. Let's do it. We'll tour around, have some good barbecue, maybe corn dogs at the State Fair of the Red River shootout because I hate that game. I don't. I hate those games. I'm the only guy that lives. I can't stand those teams, but I'll go there with y'all. Who's who's your college team other than in the state of Texas? Do you have one or? Well, I live next door at home. I live next door to the athletic director at SMU. So those are those are good buddies of mine. They're in a lot of a lot of change right now. So, um, you know, I don't really have a Texas team other than SMU because of a buddy. And and you got Alabama. So why would you need another college? Yeah, team? who needs who needs a Texas team? Roll Tide. Roll Tide, baby. I appreciate Uh, you guys having me on here. Thanks for being Thanks, thanks, Matt. Thanks, Matt. Please give us a follow at Armchair Donkeys to get our weekly plays in real time on our Instagram story and hit that YouTube subscribe button to stay up to date with next week's episode. Thanks, boys. Good luck this weekend, Matt. Roll Tide, baby. Roll Tide. See you, fellas.